Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa lah. Amma ba'd. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How are things? Alhamdulillah. So inshallah ta'ala we are going to continue with ayah number six in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ba'd a'udhu billahi min shaytanir rajim. Ya ayyuhal insanu ma gharraka bi rabbikal kareem. O mankind, or it could also be translated as O human being. What has deceived you concerning your Lord, the most generous? So the word insan, here, coming from uns, which means affection, could be, I mean, the, the whole theme of it is what? That you're forgetting Allah Ta'ala. So why is Allah Ta'ala calling us insan? Perhaps it's because we are people of affection and therefore we get distracted by the things that we develop an affection for. That could be one perspective. But a more obvious and more straightforward perspective would be that Insan coming from the root verb nesia. Nesia means to forget. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, Oh human being, you forgetful human being, what has deluded you or what has made you forget about your Lord the most generous? So these are different perspectives. Now, the fact of the matter is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't send revelation. Allah Ta'ala does not send speech to plants or animals or any sort of innate objects, uh, excuse me, uh, any, any sort of inanimate objects. Uh, uh, however, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does send uh, revelation to human beings. And he is addressing us human beings directly. And this is an honor for the human being because he's speaking to us and he's speaking to our humanity. And this is a very powerful question. And it's interesting that it parallels a very similar question in the previous surah. We know that this surah is surah number 82. Uh, surah 81, the previous surah was what? Uh, surah At-Takwir, uh, which we're going to look at inshallah soon. And near the end of it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? Fa'ina tadhabun, where are you going? So subhanAllah, both of these surahs, they have these very, very simple and yet powerful questions. And right after that, فَإِنَ تَذْهَبُونَ إِنْ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ Allah Ta'ala then reminds us that this Qur'an is a, is a reminder to all the worlds. And so the previous surah is addressing the disbelievers, their neglect of the Qur'an, and yet now in this surah, Allah Ta'ala cuts right to the heart of the matter and says, why are you neg- neglecting Allah Himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala? So it's very, very powerful. You see the continuity between the two. Now Allah says what? يَا أَيُّهَا الْإِنسَانُ مَا غَرَّكَ what has, you could say, deceived you? Ghururan means what? To deceive, mislead, delude, dazzle, blind. It can, can be to con somebody and so forth. Uh, and so you have this, but then Allah says what? الكريم, of your master, of your Lord who is the most generous. There's a very sh- strong shift in tone here. There's a sharp contrast going on between the above mentioned ayat, the first five ayat, which were a very frightening scene of Judgment Day, right? A very scary scene of the whole world coming apart. And then one verse about self-reflection. You know what you put forward and you know what you left behind. You know what you were cheap about. And so, you know, you're kind of checking your own uh, generosity and the level of your own stinginess. And then after this, Allah Ta'ala followed by an invitation, a very warm invitation, a very kind description of himself, Rabbikal Kareem, this most generous master. What is the lesson here? You may not always have been generous yourself, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always generous to those who turn to Him. This is one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it, tomorrow can be a disaster. That's what's going to happen. And we all, eventually we're all going to face disaster. Everybody passes away. So tomorrow can be a disaster, but it doesn't have to be, not if you start to prepare today. Turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today and He will be, be with you tomorrow. That is a very powerful message being taught here. Yes, your life is going to come apart. Things are going to fall apart. But ultimately, and, and some people ask this question, why? Why should it all end? Why should it all come apart? I mean, why did God create me to enjoy this beautiful life just so He could take it away from me? Did His generosity end? Did, did he run out of generosity? What's going on here? I thought he was Kareem. What happened to that? So Allah Ta'ala is saying, yes, everything's going to come apart. Everything's going to fall apart. Your life is going to come apart. However, that doesn't mean that my generosity ended. 
Rather, if Allah Ta'ala blessed us with existence, but our lives and this whole universe does will come to an end, does that mean that his generosity ran out? The answer is Allah's gener- generosity never runs out, uh, uh, but we need to get close to Allah Ta'ala in this life, and he will be with you in the afterlife. So this is the different ways of looking at it. Rabbika, Rabb means master or lord, and it necessitates a relationship, because the antonym of a Rabb is an Abd. So Allah Ta'ala is speaking to the insan in such a way where he's reminding him of his ubudiyah, of his, how he is enslaved to Allah Ta'ala, how he is a servant of Allah. And then of course we have to remember that the word Kareem, the word Kareem means two things. It means generous, but it also means noble. And this is because in the mind of the Arabs, in the Arabic language, the concept of generosity and nobility have to go hand in hand. If you're a generous person, then you are by definition a noble person. If you're a noble person, you must be generous. The idea of separating these two cannot be separated. That's why they're both both represented in this word kareem. So the word kareem means the most noble and the most generous. People often will take advantage of a generous person, mistaking their kindness for weakness, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is yes, uh, generous, but he's also noble, and nobility doesn't accept being mistreated, hence why the surah ends with a description of hellfire. Yes, I am generous, but you cannot mistake my kindness for weakness. I will be generous to you, but you have to respect that. You cannot simply take and take and take and disrespect me at the same time. That is not uh, a sign of nobility, and Allah Ta'ala is too noble to allow something like that to happen. So yes, and another way of looking at this question is, why, ha- why do you have such wishful thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without honoring that positivity with some sort of rightful action? That's another way of looking at it. There are many ayat that talk about this hurur, this deception. Allah ta'ala says, That those who took their religion as a distraction and amusement and whom the worldly life deluded them. Don't be deluded by this dunya. Allah ta'ala says, فَلَا تَهُرَّنَّكُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يَهُرَّنَّكُمْ بِاللَّهِ الْغَرُورِ that uh, don't let this worldly life delude you and do not be, de- be deceived by, uh, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the deceiver. Al-Gharu, the deceiver, this is most often referred to, uh, referring to what? Who? A shaytan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, Yunadunahum alam nakum ma'akum qalu bala walakinnakum fatanthum anfusakum watarabbastum wartabatum wagharratkum al-amani. It's a very, very powerful scene which Allah ta'ala describes in Surah Al-Hadid where you have the hypocrites calling out to the believers you see that they have been separated. And the hypocrites are saying, hey, we were Muslim too, right? We, even though they're munafiqeen, they're saying, hey, we were Muslims too. We were with you, weren't we? So the, the hypocrites, they will, they will call out, weren't we with you? Alam nakum ma'akum? Weren't we with you? And so qalu, they will say, bala, yes. Uh, but you used to afflict yourselves with trials. You used to d- fall deep into different afflictions of trials. Uh, and you used to wait for misfortune to fall us. Or you used to just, you know, delay, delay. وَارْتَبَتُمْ And used to doubt. وَغَرَّتْكُمُ الْأَمَانِي And wishful thinking deluded you. So another thing that can delude you is not just this dunya, not just shaitan, but also wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. That, oh yeah, I've done enough. Oh, Allah ghafur rahim, yani, who cares? I can do whatever I want. I missed my salah, that's okay. Allah ghafur rahim. I don't have to fast. Allah ghafur rahim. Look, yes, of course, Allah Ta'ala is ghafur and rahim. Allah Ta'ala is the most forgiving and the most merciful. But that doesn't mean that you take advantage of that and then have this concept of amani, where you are disrespectful with that uh, concept. And another theme that's in the surah is what? It's not too late. The fact is, yes, the world's going to come apart. Yes, we're all going to die. But Allah Ta'ala is saying, you are still alive now, aren't you? So don't be distracted from your generous Lord. Uh, and so it's not too late. That's kind of the idea here, that after seeing this incredible scene where everything's falling apart and you think, oh my goodness, how am I going to handle 
or how, how can I possibly stand such a, such a dreadful day? Allah is saying, you're not there yet, and you still have a chance to remember your generous Lord, so it's not too late. This is very similar to the ayah, Oh, say, O oh my servants who have transgressed against themselves by sinning, do not despair of the mercy of Allah. And Allah goes on to say, indeed, Allah forgives all sins. So, alhamdulillah, it's not too late. Now, what are we being distracted by? That's a big question. What are we being distracted by? And in the question, you see that the answer is sort of implicitly there. Allah Ta'ala is mentioning that He is Al-Kareem because of His generosity. And what that implies is that we are shown lots and lots of blessings. And that can be, unfortunately, the downfall. The fact of the matter is, blessings are great if they remind you of who the blesser was, right? Uh, the ni'mah is good if you remember who is al-mun'im, who is the blesser, who is the one giving the blessings, where did they come from? If you allow yourself to become distracted and consumed completely by the blessing itself and forget about the one who gave it to you, then that is the problem. And Allah Ta'ala gives us chances. Allah Ta'ala gives us chances because he is as-sabur and he is al-halim. Allah Ta'ala is forbearing and patient. Now, in terms of the cause of revelation, it seems to be right along these lines. It seems that uh, Al-Kalbi and Al-Muqatil, they say what? Nazalat fi Abi al-Sharih, that this ayah came down with because of a person named Abu, Abu al-Sharih. What did he do? Daraba al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, He struck the Prophet and wasn't killed immediately. Like Allah Ta'ala didn't like strike him with lightning or something like this, you know, swallowed up by the earth or animals attack him or heart attack, nothing. He just got away with it. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ يَقُولُ مَا الَّذِي غَرَّكَ بِرَبِّكَ الْكَرِيمِ الْمُتَجَاوِزْ عَنْكَ إِذْ لَمْ يُعَاقِبْكَ عَاجِلًا بِكُفْرِكَ Then Allah Ta'ala is basically saying, what, what has deceived you from your generous Lord who overlooked you by not punishing you immediately for your disbelief, for uh, you know, your evil deed of striking the Prophet so this goes to show that this can happen to us too. Of course, alhamdulillah, we're never going to do something that evil, inshallah, but uh, uh, inshallah ta'ala. However, still the fact of the matter is, sometimes you can do something evil, and then you say, hey, my car didn't break down, I didn't get sick, you know, family's still okay, khalas, maybe I can do it again. And this is uh, unfortunately uh, being deceived. Qatada says, shaitan deceives a person who thinks that because they got away with an evil one time, therefore they will never be punished. This is deception. As-Suddi says what? Allah's mercy deceives him to think that he can continue on an evil path. So you see, all of this theme is similar. Ibn Mas'ud says, each person will be alone with Allah Ta'ala and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will ask them, Ya ibn Adam, O son of Adam, ma gharraka bi, what has deceived you or deluded you or distracted you from me? Ya ibn Adam, O son of Adam, ماذا عملت فيما علمت? What did you do with what you knew? So you had knowledge, didn't you? What did you do with it? Ya ibn Adam, O son of Adam, ماذا أجبت المرسلين? O son of Adam, how did you respond to the messengers? How did you respond to the messengers? So this is Ibn Mas'ud's perspective on this ayah, that these are the questions that are going to be personally asked between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his slaves. Furthermore, some scholars, they say that when the slave will be asked this question, that perhaps he'll be coaxed to respond and say, غَرَّنِي كَرَمُ الْكَرِيمِ I was deceived by the generosity of the most generous. In other words, Ya Allah, you know how I got distracted? Because you're so generous, you didn't take me to account immediately. You're so generous that you gave me all these blessings. Ya Allah, like, it's almost saying, it's almost a compliment, even though you know, I mean, it is a compliment. You know that you're being, you're on the, you know, you're in a bad spot, you're being accused, and so you're saying, Ya Allah, I'm appealing to your mercy. That's how I was deceived, you're just too merciful to me, and I took advantage of that, unfortunately. Al-Fudayl ibn Iyadi has a similar perspective. He was once asked, what if you're asked this question of this, this, of this ayah? And then he responds, أَقُولُ غَرَّنِي سُتُورُكَ 
Al-Murkhah. He said, I'd say, your abundant covering deceived me. The fact that, Ya Allah, you gave me this sutur, this covering. You always covered my sins. This is what de- deceived me. That uh, it's from Allah's generosity that he doesn't expose us every time we do something wicked. Otherwise, we would never want to look at one another. SubhanAllah. Another perspective is that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so generous, yet you've managed to go beyond his generosity, how bad did you go? I mean, subhanAllah, think about how abundant Allah's generosity and mercy is. The fact that the disbeliever can somehow turn away from that and not take advantage of that and go beyond. SubhanAllah, what does it say? You must have strayed remarkably far. There's a very beautiful Arabic proverb that says what? Ittaqi ghadabatil halim idha ghadiba. That fear the anger of the patient person when he gets angry. In other words, if you manage, I've seen this before. I remember one of my friends one time, very patient guy. <laughs> and he's very calm. He's always a very sweet, calm guy. And I remember one time, it was back in high school, somebody bugged him so much. And he just, he got so angry that he started punching the lockers, like really hard. And everyone was like, subhanAllah, like, like, you really pushed it too far, man. If you got him to, like, you bug everybody. But the fact that you bugged this guy this much, wow, now you know you've gone overboard. Uh, so yeah, I never. I don't know why that image is burned in my mind where this sweet, calm guy is just wailing <laughs> so hard on the lockers. So subhanAllah, you just don't forget that. Yes, and of course we should remember that a question demands an answer. A question demands an answer. So let's ask ourselves, what are the top distractions that prevent us from improving our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What made you think that we are safe from Allah's punishment that could at any time come? May Allah protect us. Then Allah says, الَّذِي خَلَقَكَ who created you, he portioned you, and he balanced you. These ayat are, or this, this ayat, truly remarkable. Look at the continu- uh, these three ayat in a row. They're, subhanAllah, as a package, they're so amazing. So the first thing we want to note is what? The one who created you. He portioned you. Another reading is it's, it's emphatic, but it has generally the same meaning. So by joining Allah Ta'ala's Karama, him being Kareem, and then in the next ayah mentioning creation, this in and of itself is a very powerful message. A message that comes elsewhere in Surah uh, Isra, Surah 17, ayah number 70, where Allah is saying that a manifestation of my gener- generosity is the fact that you even exist. That's, like, let's start there, basically. So yeah, uh, Allah Ta'ala's generosity is primarily being showcased by your existence in and of itself. Clear- clearly you didn't make yourself, that is a good starting point. And another way of saying it is what? Do you want to wake, if you want to wake somebody up from their from your غرور, from your deception or غرور. how do you wake somebody up from their distraction by asking them a very simple point or reminding them that they are Allah's creation and that he fashioned them with all of their skills with all of their best qualities with all of their beauty with all of their talent with all of their potential with all of their humor with all of their charm when you remind them of this eventually the person says subhanallah what is distracting me from Allah you know so subhanallah this, the combination of these two ayat you really see that the solution is right in front of you then you have sawaka. Sawaka could be to understood, understood as what he fine-tuned you. And then adalaka could mean to balance you. We uh, physically walk upright. That's another adalaka. Some scholars, they say the fact that we uh, have balance, the fact that we walk upright due to our balance. Uh, we have a balanced sense of morality and judgment as opposed to other creatures. They just do whatever is on impulse. They don't think about like, is this the right thing to do? Is this the wrong thing to do? You know, like if you step on the tail of some animal, it'll whip around and bite you. It's not going to think like, I don't know, maybe he made a mistake. Like, they don't care. It's instinct, right? So subhanAllah, we have this concept of uh, morality and we weigh ourselves and what we do constantly. And furthermore, Allah Ta'ala will balance us on judgment day. We have this uh, reward and punishment system. Uh, of course, to those who deserve it. And of course, this is a very powerful ayah in terms of what? Teaching us to take our time. 
We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in multiple instances in the Quran talks about how he made the earth in six days. Sittati ayyamin, that he created this universe in six days. Uh, uh, Allah ta'ala talks about that in multiple locations. And people often ask, why? Just why not just say, be and it is, kun fayakun, right? And you often find that the tafsir of this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us take your time with important things. Even if you can do it fast, that doesn't mean you should do it fast. Allah ta'ala is saying, I even took my time in stages. And so in the same way, Allah is saying what? That I made you in these khalaqaka, fasawaka, fa'adalak, I developed you in these different stages. Allah ta'ala could have made us instantaneously, but he describes khalaqa, which could be a reference to the inception of the sperm and the egg. Sawa could be the development in the, in the womb. And then adalaka could mean to be born and then to learn to walk upright and so on and so forth, to learn right from wrong and be an, uh, uh, an adil or just person. That's one perspective. Another perspective is khalaqa is referring to what? Creating the materials, right? The fact is we have the, you know, the actual flesh. Before we actually were assembled as people, there was just the actual uh, uh, material itself. That's one. Sawa is the design of a human being, and it could be a reference to our bilateral, you know how, we're, you, know how you can draw a line down us, we have one eye here, one eye here, and you know, teeth, are, everything's symmetrical, arms and legs, everything, everything's symmetrical, you can just draw a line down us, that's called bilateral symmetry. So sawa is often a reference to that balance. And then of course, adala means to walk upright, to be dignified, to be moral, and to be unlike animals. So subhanAllah, these are the stages that Allah Ta'ala developed us through. Notice how he how uh, the intro to the surah talks about the universe losing its uniformity. Why? To make you appreciate that right now it is uniform, right? Think about it. Not, this universe doesn't have to make sense. Theoretically, we could exist in a universe where things don't make sense, right? Uh, who made the universe so stable, so consistent, so dependable? This is, in fact, I would say my favorite quote from Einstein, Wallahu ta'ala Adam. I, I just, I love this quote, and I've repeated it multiple times, but you're probably going to hear me say it many more times again. Memorize this quote from Einstein because it's beautiful. The most incomprehensible thing about the universe is that it is comprehensible. That is such a deep statement. That is such a powerful statement. The most incomprehensible thing about the universe is that it's comprehensible. Why is it that things should make sense? Why is it that 2 plus 2 always equals 4? Why? Why should it be that way? Why should things make sense? And why should we be able to make sense of things? SubhanAllah, this in and of itself, the more you think about it, the more you realize that things could have been differently. Things could have not made sense. Things, there could, first of all, there could have been nothing. And there could have been something, and it could have just been nonsensical, just chaos, right? And Allah Ta'ala is describing this scene, that you're going to see a time where the sky is ripping, where things are just completely chaotic, where everything is falling apart, where the laws of the universe don't make any sense anymore. You're going to witness that moment, and when you do, you're going to say, man, things used to make a lot of sense. <laughs> how, did, how was I deceived? Every day, sun comes up, the sun goes down, and you know, the earth is constantly turning, and you know, subhanAllah, you know, there's clouds go up and they rain down upon us. So, so many blessings. There was so much uni- uniformity and consistency, and then you take it for granted and you forget about it. And then when things fall apart, that's when you realize, how could I have been deluded from this generous Lord? And if Allah subhanahu wa can create such a precise universe, and then he can destroy it, what makes you think that you're so special, because you're so well designed, that you can never be held accountable for your crimes, and you can never be destroyed? This is the problem. We see such a uniform universe, and we think, oh, this is, everything works this way, it'll never change. No, Allah is saying, I will rip this whole thing to shreds. And you, so beautifully, delicately balanced, and fine, and fabulous, you can get ripped up too. Don't worry. You can all break down and fall apart as well. So it's a very, very powerful reminder. Last ayah, inshallah ta'ala. Then Allah says, Fi ayi suratim ma sha'a In whatever form he willed, has he assembled you. Allah ta'ala has assembled you in whatever form he wanted to. So, Allah Ta'ala decides whether you look like your mother or whether you look like your father, whether you look like your uncle or your aunt or your grandmother or your grandfather, etc. He assembles you any way he wishes. And subhanAllah, think about this. 
Allah Ta'ala could have made us like, you know, I don't know, iPhones or something, you know, just, just like a printing, you know, just we could have all been looking the exact same. The fact that Allah Ta'ala made you look unique, how beautiful is that, right? This idea that Allah Ta'ala gives you this un uniqueness, the fact that Allah Ta'ala gives you a special look and a special style and a special walk and everything about you is special, subhanAllah, it's very uh, remarkable that he's saying, I assemble you however I wanted to, subhanAllah, goes to show that Allah Ta'ala spent care and, 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 and there's a certain level of love and there's a certain level of attention here, subhanAllah. Abu Salih says what? Allah chooses whether to make you a person or an animal or whatever else he wishes. In other words, Allah Ta'ala chose you to be a human being that has this opportunity to obey Allah Ta'ala and get to paradise. This is a blessing. Think of how many systems that the human being has assembled, right? He assembled you. Well, we have these harmonious systems working within us. I've mentioned this many times as well. Uh, the 11 systems, this is what I found online. Maybe some doctors can help me out and maybe correct me, but the 11 systems, I mean, we don't think about these things. These things are working in such harmony they don't even think about it. Nervous system, digestive system, reproductive system, circulatory system, respiratory system, uh, integumentary system, I apologize for my, uh, skeletal, muscular, lymphatic, uh, and, uh, endocrine, and urinary. SubhanAllah, 11 different systems just swimmingly going along. You don't even think about it. You know, you're not thinking to yourself, oh man, I better make sure this works so I can feed that one and so I can help that one and build up that one. You don't think about nothing. It's just such incredible uh, consistency and symmetry and everything's just flowing beautifully. You don't even think about it. SubhanAllah, how can you uh, uh, not pay more attention? So we should always remember not to insult somebody's looks. Yes, you can tell somebody that they're wrong in terms of their behavior. Absolutely, that's necessary when people behave badly. But to insult somebody the way they look, we should remember that when we... When, we, uh, 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 when uh, uh, the, the mocker um, makes fun of somebody's physical features, they aren't mocking the person because that person hasn't chosen the way they look. They didn't fashion themselves. Rather, they're mocking the fashioner, al-musawwir, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who says what? I'm the one who fashioned you. So, subhanAllah, be very cautious. Oh, you know, your eyes are like this, your nose is like that, your face is like that, okay. Or racism, you know, your skin color, this, that, or the other. Okay, so who are you making fun of? Me? I didn't choose this, right? You didn't choose you? Nobody chose anybody. So what are you, really, what are you making fun of? You're making fun of Allah Ta'ala, the one who made the diversity amongst us? Okay, that's... Enjoy, you know? Like, be, be cautious. Be careful who you mess with, you know? Uh, 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 you're not messing with me. You're messing with somebody else, subhanAllah. This is a very, very powerful question that we should think about. This is so powerful. Please, think about this if you don't get anything else. Isn't it remarkable that we could have been, we could have been mass produced by the same model, yet Allah Ta'ala con, uh, constructed us each uniquely. Now here's the point. What is your unique relationship with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala? That's the question. If Allah Ta'ala made each and every single one of you unique, He didn't make us like mass production, just everybody looking the exact same. He made you unique to yourself. So the big question you have to ask yourself is what? If Allah Ta'ala made me unique, what is my unique relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Very, very powerful point. And the final point that I'll make for this ayah, and the final point inshallah ta'ala is what? The fact that Allah ta'ala organizes this chaos. How did Allah ta'ala assemble us? With a soul that came from the sky above. We know this. The ruh comes from the sky above. The water of the oceans. Our bodies are made up of water, mostly. And then what? Of dirt, of the earth, right? So these three components. The earth's surface is about 30% land, and about 70% water, and our bodies are very similar in that ratio. Right? That's what goes to show that we're, we belong on this planet. <laughs> SubhanAllah. Our bodies reflect that similar ratio of roughly 30 and 70, uh, give or take. And the sky above us is limitless, just like our soul's capacity for good and evil. Right? Yes, you're physically capable of only doing so much, but in terms of how much you intend and how evil and corrupt you can become, 
You can become the worst of the worst. You can become Fir'aun. You can become even, even worse than him with your evil. And you can become the best of the best. It's to the point that the malaika want to make, have to make sajda and prostrate and out of respect for you. So now imagine this. On judgment day, you're witnessing what? The sky above is being torn. The oceans are on fire or dried up or boiling over or however we can interpret it as we talked about. The earth is vomiting out its contents. So the three things that you're made of, you're seeing all of them just go completely berserk. Subhanallah. Allah, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could bring all this together so meticulously to put me and you together and yet I never cared to get to know who he is. I ignored him and now it's too late. Now that the earth is completely chaotic, now that the sky is chaotic, now the oceans are chaotic, now I'm thinking about the fact that, hey, wasn't I assembled from all, this, from all, from all these components? Subhanallah. And now is it too late? A'udhu billah. May Allah ta'ala protect us. So inshallah ta'ala, I hope we can appreciate these ayat. I thought this was such a... Such a powerful reminder. These ayat, these three especially, like this is the center, like the, the core of the surah. So inshallah ta'ala, hopefully we'll be able to finish off this surah next week. Barakallah feekum. Jamdal khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.